Welcome to the Healing Courageously podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversation about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a happier and healthier you. Now here's your host, Randy Boyd. Greetings, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Healing Courageously. On this uh, episode, we are going to continue the conversation on the importance of fatherhood, part five, part five. Before I get into part five, I'll do a quick recap on the first four episodes that we did. In part one, we talked about the general, general generational curses that develop in a family. In other words, um, a father might have six, seven, eight generations prior to you uh, eating the fruit of pornography or alcoholism or any kind of it's pornography, uh, sex addiction, whatever that might be, and it's carried its way down through the generations. And unfortunately, we become the recipients of that um, that curse. But it doesn't mean that we have to carry the curse on. We can we can stop the curse with ourselves. I also talked about um, uh, how a father is a provider, a nourisher, a protector, and more, and how women are actually the greatest sufferers of a lack of a father. And I gave the definitions as well as honor, respect, and obey. I think those are really important to understand the meaning of some of these words. And actually, when I was looking up the definitions, definitions of those words, it made me look at uh, what I was talking about in step one and a whole, or, I'm sorry, in episode one in a whole different way. And then we went on a part two. We discussed the qualities of a good father, how fathers provide character, fathers provide language and beliefs. And can you repeat what your father said and much, much more? And part three is we discuss the power of a father, how fathers instill behaviors and character in boys who become men. Ladies don't marry men. Remember, ladies don't marry men. They marry stories and they, they marry histories. So fathers transfer. And we also talk about how fathers transfer self-worth. And uh, I'm going to continue that conversation or I continue that conversation in part four. So in part four, we did talk about how fathers transfer the self-worth to their children uh, to both the, the men and uh, the girls and the boys' uh, siblings. It's really Fathers play a really important part in all of this throughout a child's life. And then part five today, we're going to talk about how a father gives standards and some generational fathering. What is generational fathering? So um, we'll, we'll start out with, I'm going to just kind of recap a little bit what I ended with last week. Um, John 15, and Jesus is talking, and he, and he, and he said, be like my father, okay? Be like my father. He says, he who hates me hates my father automatically. Those are some pretty powerful words because we are an image of our father. And I like my own children. For a while, my, my daughter really despised me up until 15 years ago when I got in recovery. But when I look at my children today, all of them, I see what the proper upbringing in them has done. They are an exact replica of me to the best. I mean, they're individuals, but their mannerism, the way they're, uh, uh, the way they 
get work in the community, the way they carry themselves, the jobs, the, the, the consideration for people. You know, if, if you're looking at my children, you're looking at me. And, and I can say that I'm really proud of them. I tell them all the time I'm really proud of my children. And a lot of people compliment me on my children. A lot of people do. And that's a compliment for me. And for a lot, while, it, it could have very easily been the other way. Because um, when I was, before I got in recovery, I was becoming like my stepfather. I was becoming angry. And nobody liked me. And be truth be said, um, until I got to the point of forgiveness in my recovery journey, I hated my stepfather and my mother. I wanted to be nothing like them. I wanted nothing to do with either one of them. They were terrible people, and and they I forgave them, and, and I and I don't I'm not trying to assassinate their character, but it's part of my story. And the truth is, they were they were hurt people themselves, and they just carried that hurt right into their own siblings. So um, it's really important because we want people when they see your children, right? When they see your children, that's a direct reflection on, on us, and. It, my goal is that my children and even my grandchildren, people will say, oh, you must be one of Randy's kids or Randy's grandchilds, right? Even with their imperfections, because they know that they don't have to be perfect. Um, and what it is with Jesus, you know, when he's talking about that, I want, you know, if you, if, if, if you hate him, you hate my father automatically. If you hate Jesus... You hate the father automatically. And why? Because I'm just like my daddy. You can't say you love my daddy and hate me because he produced the character. All right? So there's some part of, there's a defect in there. If you're saying, you know, I, I, I love your daddy, but you, I hate you. You're a piece of crap. Well, I wonder why he's a piece of crap. And I'm, I, I know that's a exaggerated term, but the question is, why is the boy like that? So that's kind of you know the, the self worth and, and, and that we that we need to talk about that we're, we're giving the people. Um, our fathers transfer that self worth in us. Period. Um, it's like how are they treating you? How do they treat? How do they treat your mom? How do they treat your sister? Uh, th- those are all part of the self. How do they treat? You know, are, are they speaking to you in, in words of wisdom and words of kindness and love, or are they constantly putting you down? Right. That that constantly putting me down and the many, many men that I've worked with that have this these self-worth issues, which oftentimes I want you to understand is it comes out as a I'm better than you. They got this facade on because they're behind the facade. They're really broken. So a lot of these these people that with low self-worth and low self-esteem and I was one of them, we put on this big this big facade. But when we get by ourselves. We're, we're broken people. We feel bad. So we got to be, as fathers, we got to really be careful. And I hear all the time, well, you know, my, that's how my dad treated me. And, and, I, and I've taken some people on a journey when they've said that. And they've realized how much pain it caused them and how much wrongdoing they've done in their life because of what their father taught them how, what to do and what not to do, to be quite frankly. So that's kind of like the self-worth part of it. it it's, it's really important. Um, we want to steal good self-worth, and that means that we let them know it's okay to make mistakes. Hey, man, I made a mistake. Okay, cool. What did you learn from it? A lot of us, the self-worth, if we make a mistake, we're looking over our shoulder, when's dad's hand coming down on us? 
or when's when's his wrath coming down on me? When when are this here? You know, you're an idiot. You're stupid. When's that coming out next? Because I made a mistake. All right, and it's okay to make mistakes. I've, I've discovered that at the ripe age of fifty something. Right, and I'm still working on it at the ripe age of 60-something. So we want to give our children the best chance they can to, to have a good self-worth and self-image about themselves. So fathers give standards for friends. So in other words, the fathers are going to they're gonna show the child, show, show the son and the daughter what a friend should be like. What, what standard of, of friends should you be having around? In Proverbs 27.10, says, Do not forsake your friend or a friend of your family. And do not go to your relative's house when disaster strikes you. Better a, ne- a neighbor nearby than a relative far away. So can your friends be your children's friends? Let's think on that for a minute. And that last one, Proverbs 27.10, can probably be a little bit of a baffling scripture you know, do not go to your relative's house when disaster strikes. You better a neighbor nearby than a relative far away. Because we have our nuclear family. And once once we become adults, right, we leave that nuclear family. And we develop a lot of friendships and somewhat family forms as we grow older. I know that where I live right now, if anything happens... There's about four or five of us on the street that are going to be pretty hard to get through. We're going to, we got each other's backs. We're going to make sure everybody's taken care of, right? I got my son and my daughter who both live across town and my older son lives out of town. And so naturally I want them with us. I want them here as quick as they can get here, right? And that's just a father in me, but he might be taking care of, of his kids. He might have a plan. My son might have a plan in his neighborhood where they're all going to take care of each other. Yeah, it would be hard because he's my son and I want him over there. But also I understand that he's got to do what's best for his family. Is it safer to stay there with his friends, right? Or is it, you know, in, in fear of something happening between his place and my place, and same with my daughter and my, and my son over the hill. They've got it. They're adults. And I love them and they know I love them and they love me and we all want to be together. And I, and I, don't, I don't think any parent wouldn't want that. But the, the, the response is, should be at the immediate time. Go to your neighbor. Make sure that your neighborhood, make sure we're all safe. Get everybody planted here. There'll be plenty of time to get across. I, I know it sounds weird, and even saying it, it sounds weird because I got kids, but the Bible says to do. And I say, I ask you a question. Can your friends be your children's friends? So can my friends, dad's friends, mom friends, can they be my children's friends? That's a crucial question. It's a very crucial question. Can they? Are the men you hang out with, are they good enough to leave your daughter with by themselves for a weekend or for a day? Do you trust the men in your lives to leave them with your daughter for a day or a week? That, that's going to wake up some eyes. You really need to ask yourself that question. How well do you really know your friends? Because in today's world, it's usually, when it comes to abuse, 93% of perpetrators are either family members or family friends. So who can you really trust? Can you, not only that, can you trust 
them enough to where they're not going to sit there and fire, fire up a bowl of weed and have them here take a take a hit of weed, man. It's nothing. It's just it's okay. It's legal. Or have a drink, or smoke a cigarette, or what's their language like? Or are they watching pornography? Do you know them that well? It's really important. I can tell you that it, it, when I was running and gunning out in the world, I, I could say that um, no, I don't. I can't think of any friends really my, that I would have trusted to leave my kids with. Uh, you know, my 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 in laws, yeah, but other than that, no, not at all. It wasn't so much about the abuse part because they. They know they abused my kids. They, their chance of survival was slim. But it's more about drinking and smoking, smoking weed and the language. And what, what are they teaching them? Right. And I can say today that honestly, that I can, I can say today that there's quite a few of my friends that I, 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 would, I would have trusted with my children. And even like with my grandchildren, there's, most of us are church family. And um, there's certain people that... that and it, it, mostly what it is, it's up to my daughter, and she's very uh, hyper-vigilant with her kids. So I think it's really important to ask yourself, do I trust these my friends enough to leave my children with? And, and really, really think about that. It, do you trust them enough to where you could go on a vacation for a week or two weeks and leave them with them? That's even a greater question. So think about that for a while. Can the men you hang out with be with your son and teach them everything they know? <laughs> That's a good question. Teach them everything they know is a pretty broad statement. Can those men do that? You want, you want the, are, are the men that you hang out with, are they spiritual enough? Are they grounded enough to know that, you know, kids shouldn't be smoking cigarettes? My son, you know, don't ever let my son smoke a cigarette, smoking weed. Um, pornography, all that. You know, what's their language like? Let's get away from the pornography. And the, what's their language like? What kind of language are they speaking? Right? Are they are they swearing? Right? Oh, it's just the thing we do, man. It's cool. We do. You know, you're, you're cool to do it here with all the dudes, dude. Don't worry about it. Well, what they don't know is that it's cool to do it there, maybe with with the, with the older dudes. But what happens when they go to school and they get busted for swearing, hmm? or they get busted maybe for having a pornographic magazine in, in their in their backpack. Where did you get that from? I got it from the other day when we were over at your buddy's house. He, he gave me them to look at. All right, there's a lot to think about because we are responsible as fathers uh, teach our children, our, our boys, a lot. And, and the girls too, but more the boys. We the boy Boys need a good father in their life. Now look, everybody has a father. And, and I need to... So if I ever say, and I probably will say in this, these episodes, fatherless, I just mean an absentee father. I'm going to clear that up right now so I don't keep on tripping on it. Right? Every, fa- every, every boy has a father, or some of them just have I, what we call sperm donors. I'm just saying the way it is. Right? And, and so we all have fathers, but... It's so important that that father is present in their life and not just supplying a roof over their head and food on the table and fancy vacations. Teaching them how to be a real man. Teaching them how to, how to treat a wife and a daughter. How to treat women, period. So are your friends good enough that you can leave your kids with them? And can, and, and can, you, can the men you hang out with with your son and teach them, can they teach them everything and teach them everything they know? So those are two very important questions. 
that do you trust your friends enough that your son and or daughter can hang out with them all the time by themselves? Right. So what in the reality, what, what is that? That's what this verse is saying is do not forsake your friend or a fit or a friend of your family. Right. So if, if your friends can't be trusted, you want them for, to forsake you or a friend of your family. We don't want that. And all the friends that I have, I, I, I love a lot of them and I dear a lot of them. And um, again, my wife and I are, are empty nisters, so we don't have the problems of leaving our kids with people. And in today's world, that's got to be really, really scary. We never had issues when our kids were growing up. So next one is when dad leaves to see his friends and comes home three days later, and the son asks where he's been, and dad says, with my friends. So you left for three days. Nobody really knows where you went. And you come home, and your son says, Dad, where have you been? I've been with my friends. So the question is this. Why can't dad bring his friends to their house? Why does he have to go away for three days or leave his entire family? What's really going on behind the veil? Is there language a child shouldn't hear? Beverages? Drugs? Pornography? What's going on? Strippers? What are they really doing that they can't do at the house? So you're teaching your son that if you want to see your buddies, you just got to leave your family. You got to leave your kids and your wife and go hang out with them for a couple, three days, and then you can come back. That's not good fathering at all. Matter of fact, it's terrible fathering. Matter of fact, that's the life of a single man that shouldn't have a father. All right? Can my son and daughter enjoy the friends that I keep? Do they, do they get to enjoy the friends that I keep? Back before I got sober, there was a period of time where they did. And then there was a period of time where I, those friends were like, no, nobody wanted to be with them. My wife didn't even like them. But in today's world, as adults, yeah, a- a- absolutely. Um, they do enjoy my friends. They enjoy being with them. They enjoy doing stuff with them. Because we're all like-minded people. We're all on the same page. We're all just, just human beings living a Christ-led life, right? We're not perfect. We, we're, we, don't, we don't judge each other. We, we admire each other. We honor each other's imperfections, and we just work with each other to help, help them through it. And my kids are part of that. They, they love it. Because they see the change that's happened in me over the last 15 years, and they know what I've done to, to make those changes. And they know it's, it's included a strong, a strong community of healthy men. It's really important that the community of men that fathers hang around with are like-minded in a spiritual way and that they're also fathers that are trying to be the best fathers they can be, regardless of, their, of how their father fathered them. Hopefully, they had, they, they had a good father that taught them good moral values and ethics. But if they didn't, that's where they need to hang around 
somebody that has or somebody that has walked through their the 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 same journey pit that they're walking on and taught them how to be a good father, a good husband, a good son, a good daughter. It's crucial. The old saying, birds of a feather flock together, never, never were truer. Okay. Um, so what kind of father are you? I, I mean, really sit down and really think about this, especially right now in today's times. Did you lose your job, maybe, which is which is crucial, which is hard and devastating, and I absolutely understand how it can play on you because I lost my business in 2011. So are you just sitting around drinking beer, watching TV all day, moping, feeling sorry for yourself because you're teaching your son and your daughter how to do the same thing? Or are you just, are you making the best of it? Are you doing everything you can? Are you being active with, with, you know, within your, your family? Are you being active with your children? Are you helping around the house? Right? Is there, are, are you help? Are you going to church? Are you helping in your church? Are you, are you, are you surrounding yourself with positive-minded community people? Everything that we do, our kids are watching. They don't, we, we all know that kids don't listen to us. They watch us. We can threaten them all we want. And I tell you what, I wanted my kids, and I had to learn this, I want my kids to love me out of respect, not out of fear. Because that's, God doesn't, God doesn't want me to love them out of fear. He wants me to love them out of respect. So it transfers right on down the line. Are you talking about, what are you talking about that they shouldn't hear? Fathers, can your friends be your children's friends? Here's another question, perhaps even a worse one. Are your children's friends like your friends? Are your children's friends like your friends? Most likely they are because if they're hanging around, if you're hanging around with your friends and they got sons and they're doing things they shouldn't be doing, they're going to probably be the same way. Remember, fathers, we're teaching our sons how to be men. And the definition of men by society is not a real man. A real man won't show his feelings or his emotions. Let me repeat that. A weak man only a weak man hides his emotions and feelings. But a truly strong and courageous man is one that shows his feelings and his emotions. Let that soak in. And I'm proof of that. If your son and daughter, if your son and daughters can be invited to the house, or can't be invited, if your sons and daughters' friends can't be invited to your house, you should not be, they should not be with, or you should not be with them. I wrote this and I got it all messed up. So, if, if you, I'm just going to read what I wrote and I'll, I'll straighten it up. If your son and daughters can be invited to the house, you should not be with them. Or should, or children, our children should be with no one that you cannot have in your house. Okay. So if your sons and daughters cannot be invited to the house, you should not be with them. So I think the way it's supposed to be, if your friends cannot be invited to the house, you should not be with them. 
Our children, our children should be with no one that you cannot have in your house. So even if your sons and daughters, friends, you don't want in the home, right? Then your children shouldn't be hanging out with them. There's a reason you don't want them in the home. It's vice versa. You know, especially the wives. They're, they're pretty intuitive. If they don't want somebody in the home, then your children shouldn't be hanging out with them. And I know it's hard because teenagers today just kind of, they're on rampant, they're on, they're on autopilot, they're just going to do what they're going to do. And, and it's, it's a sad state of affairs. Well, I think a lot of that is because this generational curse of not being able to parent properly has been handed down through at least the last couple of generations, which is sad. Fathers, it's important to choose friends that can be their children's friends. All right. Now, when I say that, it doesn't mean that you know you hang out all the time when you're there. I mean, hey, if your kids want to, that's great. You know, I mean, my my real father before he passed away, when we when we had him on when he had us on the weekends, we spent we were everywhere with him. You know, he went to his buddies. We went to his buddy's house. You know, he wasn't ashamed. There was nothing to be afraid of. Now, again, this was back in the early 1960s. Things were a lot different back then. But still, choose friends that can be your children's friends. Choose friends, fathers, choose friends that you know will be okay around your children. They don't have to be perfect. There's nobody perfect. I got, I, got, I got a challenge for you, gentlemen. It's a good challenge, too. Do an inventory of your friends and see how many of them can be friends of your children. Now, this, this gets you. So I want you to do an inventory of your friends. Write down all your friends. Don't, don't skip any. If a person comes to your mind, put it on your inventory list. That's the first step, real simple. Just write down all your friends. And then I want you to go down the list, and I want you to get real with yourself. And maybe even have your wife help you with this one. Because wives see things that we don't see, right? And ask yourself the question, can my friends be friends with John? And think about it. Can you leave him alone with John? What does John do when nobody's looking? All right. And if, if you even question him, if you even come to one, you question it, well, sometimes cross him off the list. But Randy, you're asking me to do a lot. Yeah, I am. You want to be a good father? You want to teach your children the right way to be a man, to, to be a husband, to be a, to be a father. You want to lead your, your your son, you know, like like I back in the day when I was led to work hard, right? Don't take nothing for granted. Love your son like a father. Take your son fishing. Go to a baseball game with him. Do all that kind of stuff. You got to surround yourself with people that are going to support you. And your lifestyle. Because believe me, I've dealt with it out there where people, I had some people in my life, it's like, at first they're cool, 
and then they try to pull you away from your family. That ain't cool. What are your priorities in life? John 16:15 says this. All that belongs to the Father is mine. So Jesus is saying, all that belongs to the Father, God, is mine. This includes your friends, your possessions, influence, name, and reputation. I've known people that, as a matter of fact, I was working with one guy, and he was told, I like you, I like what you're doing. But if you're tied in with this person or your father, we're not doing business with you. A father's reputation precedes the son. And it's like, it, it shows up when you least expect it. Everything, the reputation, everything belongs to our son. What do you have that your children possess? Can, you, can they receive everything? Or all your books? Your secret books? Penthouse, Playboy, you know, those, you know what I'm talking about. Can they be handed down to your kids? Can all your pornographies that you got stashed in the corner, the, the porno movies, can they be handed down to your kids? Because I... I know I'm hitting on some of the stuff hard, but it's because I see what it does to people. Pornography is absolutely devastates men and marriages. We have to watch what we're doing. Our children watch us constantly, especially our sons. Remember, all that belongs to the father is mine. Is there a woman in your life that you can't let your kid know about? Is there? Oh, it's just a blue plant, blue, uh, uh, blue, blue bonnet, uh, plutonic relationship. Don't mean nothing. Yeah, I had one of those too, and it meant a lot. Can your children possess everything? And I mean everything. And the good thing about this conversation, and, and I know that if I was in a room of men, it would be dead silent. Dead silent. Because everybody's carrying around a backpack of secrets. And they're realizing, hey, no, I don't want my son to have this. I don't want my son to have the burden of, of you know, telling somebody this or hiding that. I know I definitely didn't. You know, in one of the earlier episodes, I said that 82% of men, 82% of men in prison are fatherless. And I can tell you right now, all right, that a man can get this right. We're not perfect, and I understand that. We can't be perfect, but we can sure do a heck of a better job than we've been doing in this society as of late. 
a heck of a job, a heck of a better job. It's like the, our, our kids have just been kind of forgotten about. They forgot about morals, values, and ethics. They don't know how to work hard. I'm not saying all kids. I talk in general terms. I know that. So just understand, I'm talking about everybody. I'm not talking about this to bash men or shame men or put them down. I'm here talking about this because it has been swept under the rug for far, far, far too long. Far too long. So we come to general generational fathering. John twenty seventeen. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm returning to my father and your father, to your God and to my God. Go and tell my brothers I'm returning to my father and your father, to your God and my God. You notice how John puts Father before God. He wants you to know God as Father more than as more than as God. Because you can't emulate God, but you can emulate Father. You can emulate Father. Can you recommend your father as a child? Can you recommend recommend your father to fathers or others? Can, can, can children recommend you to father others? That's what we should be striving for. And I know there's fathers out there like that. I see them all the time where you know, the kids are hanging out at, at a particular house and with, 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 the, with his friend and his friend's dad because they don't have that at home. You know, they don't have it at home. And again, it's no disrespect. I'm not bashing men. I'm just talking about the realities of life right now. And it's not necessarily everybody's fault because we got this, you know, keep up with the Joneses attitude anymore. So we're all out there trying to make money. You got, you know, if you're a single parent, my God, I don't know how you do it. Working three, four jobs, trying to raise a kid, you know, it's tough. It's really tough. What Jesus is saying, what Jesus is saying in the scripture is that my father did a good job with me. And I hope I do a good job with you. He's talking to his disciples. My father did a good job with me. And I hope I did a good job with you. And I, and I know right now, I mean, I, I've, I've had comments with my, my, my kids. And I said, man, I'm sorry, kids, for, I was, I was a pretty bad dad for a while. And I know it. And I, and I really apologize. Like, no, Dad, you look at you, you were just dealing with some stuff that nobody knew about. You're a great father. You spent time with us. You taught us how to fish. You taught us how to hunt, Dad. Yeah, you, you, had, you had some hard times that you went through. But, Dad, we love you. We love you. You know? 
you took you, you took care of us. You protected us. Yeah, you, know, you you scared us a little bit, but we see where you're at today, and we see how hard you strive to to recover and become a better father and a better better husband and mom. And that, that's that's all I've ever wanted for my children. I didn't want to be. I didn't want my children looking at me like I looked at my stepfather and my mother. It was terrible. It was horrific. So, fathers, just you know, especially in, in the times of day, let's let's start spending more time with our family. Maybe maybe sit around and just talk. You know, a lot of times we never ask our, our sons. What are you afraid of? What are you really afraid of? What do you want to do in life, son? And a lot of times when that happens, well, um, I want to be a biologist. I want to be work for the Department of Fishing Game. Ah, no, son, you, you got to be an attorney because grandpa was an attorney and great grandpa was an attorney or a doctor or whatever. Well, you just asked your son what he wanted to do and you told him no. It's not you that we're worried about. It's, it's your son that we're worried about. What does he want? Your daughter, what does she want? We have to honor them. You might, you might not agree with everything that they do, but that's okay. And that's okay. But once they turn 18, let them, let them cut their wings. Let them fly. Don't threaten them to take away their... their, their uh... Oh my gosh, my mind goes blank all the time anymore. They're... A trust fund? Don't threaten them with that kind of stuff. Let them fly. My kids all knew the only thing I want you to be is happy in life. That's it. It wasn't always like that, but that's when they when they got in adulthood. All I want you to be is happy in life. And that's all we should want for our children. And how do they learn that? By watching us. So I'm going to end it right there, part five, and next week we'll pick up um, some more on the generational fathering. We'll continue that conversation and also close out the, um, the, the series on this importance of a fatherhood. If you want any of my books, you can get them on Change Your, I'm sorry, on Amazon. The, the uh, name of my book is Healing the Wounded Child Within, and I got that in, in paperback, uh, Kindle, and Audible. Also, I got my 30-day devotion on the wholeness. It's in paperback and in Kindle, and then the seven-day challenge that goes with the, with the, the, the book, Healing the Mood of Child Within. That's in paperback, all on Amazon. Uh, my book is the number one bestseller and in inter, international bestseller, and my and also uh, number one in five mental health categories. It's a great book for anybody that's that's coming out of any kind of abuse and people just in general. Um, the comments I'm getting lately is this applies to everybody in life. So you can get on Amazon. Also, if you want to find out about my services, life coaching services, that's on changeyourlifestorynow.com, changeyourlifestorynow.com. And when it comes to the uh, my, the foundation, the Courageous Healers Foundation, where we help uh, men and their families heal from the scars of sexual abuse, you can check that out at courageousheaters.org. Uh, my books are also available on, on that site. And then also, if you need to talk with me and you want to discuss a healing path and some coaching strategies, you can give me a, a shot on email, which is CourageousHealers at gmail.com, CourageousHealers at gmail.com. So thanks for joining me on this episode, and we will see you on our next episode. Have a beautiful day, whatever time it is where you're at.
This has been Healing Courageously with Randy Boyd. We will have a new episode every Monday. Please like us on iTunes or Google Play. If you would like to know more about the services available from Randy, please visit him at changeyourlifestorynow.com. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll see you next week. And remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does.